Now I've got a clean copy of it now, and uh, I warn you, uh, this could scare you. And uh, what you're about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hello everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Bad Apple Spook Club. Um, just Lucas here today. Me and Cole couldn't quite get our scheduling worked out, but I was so excited to record a episode of creepy internet stories that I just couldn't help myself. But, uh, he'll be here with us in spirit, of course. Um, just for a little background here, I've been looking up creepy stuff on the internet for about as long as I can remember, just because I always like a good shiver down the old spine, and... I've picked out three stories that have stuck with me since, you know, I probably heard the first one ten years ago or something like that, and it's just been burnt into my brain ever since then. Um, so let's just get on with it, I suppose. This first one is called The Red Room. A man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. Especially no one should look inside the room under any circumstances. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. The next night, his curiosity would not leave him alone about the room with no number on the door. He walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom, like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was completely white. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity, but decided not to. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was a redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color, unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. At this point, he decided to consult the woman at the front desk for more information. She sighed and said, Did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he did. And she said, Well, I might as well tell you the story. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in that room, and her ghost haunts it. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over, except for their eyes which were red. I specifically remember reading that one back in high school and getting shivers. It's not exactly written like, um, it's not exactly written in a literary style. There were a few natural hiccups in there, but, you know, we're just doing our thing here. Um, and wherever you are, I hope you're doing your thing too. I probably should have said this up front, but if you're listening to this, I hope that you're in a you know, basement somewhere without any light, or maybe you've, you know, nailed a comforter over the window to give yourself the complete darkness and, you know, spookiness that these stories deserve.
All right, here we go with number two. It was near Halloween time when my friends and I were telling ghost stories. My friend said she was going to tell a story about her parents' first date. She said she didn't like telling the story since it was actually true, but we prodded her on. To cut to the chase, the parents had spent a nice, if awkward, first date, and around that time, they would have said goodnight. The male in the situation, my friend's dad, suggested that they go for a midnight hike up Provo Canyon. He apparently knew the place since he had done a fair amount of rock climbing in the area. So the two drove up the mouth of the canyon, got out of their cars, and started hiking under just the light of the stars, since it was a new moon. At some point, the male started getting a quote-unquote bad feeling, since the pathway ahead, which would pass under some trees, would be dark, and because it was getting to be quite late. He ignores the feeling and presses on. In later rehearsings of the story, the female would say she'd felt the same feeling at uh, what was probably the same time, though she didn't know the trail like he did. A minute later, the feeling came back to the male. He ignored it again and started walking a bit of the way into the trees when his foot hit something quote-unquote soft in the middle of the path. Under the trees, it was too dark to see just what this soft thing was, and the feeling came back stronger than ever. Instead of finding out what his foot had bumped into, he and the female both agreed to hightail it out of there. Years later, after being married for some time, they were watching an interview with infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. In response to a question asking him to describe the time that he felt closest to being caught, he explained about the night that he lured a girl into Provo Canyon and had just killed her when he heard people walking up the trail. He explained how he hid in the trees just in time, only to watch some guy walk right into the body and for some reason turn around and walk away. Ooh, I definitely got chills reading that one. Um, you know, for anyone unaware, Ted Bundy is one of the most infamous serial killers in American history. I'm not sure what his exact count was, but they eventually fried his ass back in the 80s or something like that. And I'm not going to say he didn't have it coming. All right. Now for story number three. I was driving a shortcut from 29 Palms, California to Albuquerque, New Mexico. 29 Palms is located in the desolate high desert east of LA. The shortcut was all two-lane roads through total nothingness, except for passing through Amboy, California. Amboy is a nearly abandoned town, nearly as far below sea level as Death Valley, with a dormant volcano and lava field on one side and a salt flat on the other. It was also, at the time, a hotspot for satanic group activity, which just means high schoolers drinking cheap beer and spray-painting pentagrams on things. So I was driving by myself in the afternoon. I stopped in Amboy and snapped a picture of the city sign just to prove I was there to friends who dared me to take the route to I-40. I got back in my car and proceeded to drive up into the mountain range between Amboy and I-40. Once I reach the top, I'm driving north through a canyon with high grass on both sides of the road. Up ahead, I see some stuff in the middle of the road. 
As I approach, I slow down to see a red Pontiac Fiero stop sideways across both lanes, a suitcase open with clothes scattered everywhere, and two bodies lying face down in the road, a man and a woman. I stop a hundred feet or so away, and the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. Being a Marine, I reach under the seat and pull out my 9mm pistol and chamber around. Something seemed very wrong. It looked too perfect as if it were staged. An ambush? Was I being paranoid? Something was just wrong. Getting out of the car seemed unthinkable. It was the horror movie move. We've all seen that one a million times before, am I right? You know. Severed head rolls down the stairs so you go up to check where it came from. As I scanned the road, I saw a line I could drive. Passed the guy in the road on his left, swerved to the right side of the woman, behind the Fiero, and I'd be on the other side. I dropped it into first gear, punched it, and drove the line I planned. I passed the back of the Fiero without hitting it or either of the bodies in the road. I continued forward a couple hundred feet and slowed down so I could breathe and let my heart slow down. As I looked up into the rearview mirror, I saw that the two bodies had gotten up on their knees and 20 or so people emerged from the tall grass on either side of the road by the car and bodies. At that moment, my right foot smashed the gas pedal to the floor and did not let up until I had to slow down for the I-40 East on-ramp. I will never know what would have happened to me if I'd gotten out of the car to check on the bodies or stopped my car closer to them. Somehow, I do not think it would have been good. Sometimes real life can be scarier than a movie. And that's the real lesson to take away, folks. Um, real life can be scary. This dude was almost probably murdered by a group of 20 people who would have then taken his car. Maybe they would have just left him out there in the middle of nowhere. But then, where did they come from in the first place? Imagine this, okay? I just read it off, but I'm going to break it down for you because this is my favorite story of the three. And that's really saying something. These are really, these are probably my favorite spooky tales that I could ever think of. Um, but just imagine this, this guy bobs and weaves like he says in his car and he passes the people meticulously, he says something seems too perfect, maybe he's wondering why there's a suitcase sprawled in the middle of the road, maybe neither of the cars are damaged, why are these people face down, no blood, something like that, and then yeah, he passes by them, and there are 20 pairs of eyes poking up from the tall grass on either side of the road, and not only that, but the dead bodies you just passed are also mad-dogging you. I can imagine myself smashing down on the gas uh, and hightailing it out of there, too, but, you know, that's just me, I guess. Um, this episode's a real shorty. Just had my little, little three stories there. Like I said, I've been too excited to record this, and... If you guys couldn't tell, I uh, am naturally in the Halloween spirit. I've been working through my sequel Tober movie list. One sequel a day all month. And man, let me tell you, it's mostly been pretty awful. That's alright though, because I'm seeing a few movies that I probably wouldn't have watched uh, anytime soon. But man, ooh, I've said it before. That sequel to the first uh, 2007 Spanish film, Wreck. Now that's just something else, buddy. Wreck and Wreck 2. If you want something uh, spooky and you don't mind reading subtitles, 
I'd say just go for a double feature, baby. Um, and you know what? I think that's all there really is to say. This episode is very short, but, you know, it's just old Uncle Lucas regaling you with a few spooky tales from the internet. Like I said, I've been obsessed with all three of these stories for about as long as I can remember. Um, wherever you are, I hope you're having a good time, and happy Halloween!